0: God. Praise God. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God in just a minute. Uh, I want you, if you have Bibles, to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. If you're wondering where 1 Peter chapter 2 is, 1 Peter chapter 2 is in your uh, New Testament, sort of the, first, or the last third of the New Testament. Uh, I wanted you to get that out to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verse 17. And uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to look in your own Bible today as we get into the Word of God uh, because we're here uh, with something very, very powerful that I want to share with all of you in this place. If you believe that, say Amen. 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 And uh, I want to take you guys into 1 Peter chapter 2. But before I do that, let me say, you know, this past Sunday, we kicked off a brand new series here at Thrive. It is called Sweeter Than Honey. Everyone say sweeter than honey. Yeah. And, and why is it called sweeter than honey? It's because we believe that you were made for relationships that are sweeter than honey. This series called Sweeter Than Honey is all about relationships. It's because we believe here at Thrive that the most important, most precious gift that you have been given in life are your relationships. And you'll find that more than the money you make, more than the vacations you take, more than the records you break, more than anything else in life, what's going to determine your happiness is the quality of your relationships. If you believe that, say amen. And so that's why over the course of seven, eight weeks, we are looking at eight essential relationship keys that will help your relationships be happy, healthy, sweet, and strong. We kicked off last week with a really cool message talking about the power of gratitude. And we talked about how when you choose an attitude of gratitude, it has the power to transform your relationships. Turn to the person so you, give them a high five and say, choose an attitude of gratitude. And over the next eight weeks, I'm going to be giving you two, three, four, five, six, seven more relationship keys. And so I will encourage you not just to come today, but come next week as well. Come the week after because each key builds on the next and so you don't want to miss any one of our Sweeter Than Honey Sundays. So we hope to see you here next week and for all of our series as we get into different relationship keys. Today I've got the privilege of sharing with you the second relationship key that we're talking about today. Let's all look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 17 together. Read in a big loud voice and help me preach this morning. 1, 2, 3, says, treat everyone with respect and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. If you have your Bibles in front of you, could I just uh, encourage you to underline these three, four words. Treat everyone with respect. Treat everyone with respect. See, today we are talking about respect. Everyone say respect. It's like that song, that R&B song back in the 60s, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Tell You What It Means to Me. It's talking about what respect is all about. We're talking about the role that respect plays in relationships, why respect is so important, and what does that look like practically to be in a respectful relationship. And what I've done is I've entitled this uh, message this morning, Respect Revolution respect revolution. Why do I call it respect revolution? Let me tell you really quick right now. Why don't you look up here. Is that the reason why we call it respect revolution is because what's a revolution? A revolution is where one thing starts in one place and it goes all the way around and it comes back to the same place. And see, you, having us you guys know that respect works the same way. Is that if you are someone who gives respect and shows respect to others, not immediately, not in every single instance, but over the long haul, if you're someone who's committed to showing respect to others, that respect will eventually come back to you. Amen. Amen? Over the long haul. Maybe not if you work in retail, not immediately, right? But over the long haul. Everyone say, over the long haul respect will come back to you. But the opposite is also true. If you're someone who doesn't show very much respect to others, that disrespect is also going to come back to you eventually as well. It's, it's, It's the respect revolution. That's one way that we talk about the respect revolution. There's another way we talk about the respect revolution, and I want to explain it right now, is a revolution is also a major turnaround. It's a major change, like the French Revolution or the Industrial Revolution. It's this huge radical change that flips things upside down. And why do I mention the the respect revolution because it could very well be today that the reason why there's a relationship in your life that is not doing nearly as well as you hope is due to a respect issue. And in many cases, because of a lack of respect or because of a misunderstanding regarding the issue of respect, the relationship is not as strong or as healthy or as sweet as you'd like it to be. And in many cases, it could very well be today that you're sitting here in this place and what you need more than anything else in your relationships is a respect revolution. It's a change in the way that you think about respect. It's a change in the way that you show respect to other people. And that's why we're talking today about the respect revolution, talking about the role of respect in your relationships. If you believe that, say amen. Today we're talking about respect, and how many of you guys know that the Bible talks so much about respect? The Bible is the best love letter, to, uh, it's the best relationship manual, it is uh, just an amazing way for us to learn about relationships, and so let's take a look at a few verses from the Bible that talk about respect, both from the Old Testament and the New. Look at Leviticus 19, verse 3, help me preach in this place and read it with me. 1, 2, 3, it says, each of you must respect your mother and father. Everyone say, Respect. Okay, so this is talking about respecting your parents. Next one, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13. Read it with me. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. I want to say great respect. Here it's talking about your relationship with your pastors, your spiritual leaders in church. Is that you want to, you know, show respect to them as well. Let's look at another one. This one's for the married people now. All right, married people, get ready. All right, First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Let's all read together. Whether you're married or not, read it with me. 1, 2, 3. It says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your li- wives and treat them with respect. And all the wives in this place said... Okay, I heard not just wives, I heard other, uh, you know, voices in the place as well. That's good. Praise God. Husbands are agreeing as well. Well, let's go back to, to the next one. Ephesians 5, 33. Read it with me. It says, the wife must respect her husband. And all the husbands said... Amen. Okay. And what's it talking about? It's talking about the wife and husband relationship is that it's a respect relationship. It's a relationship where the wife gives respect to the husband. The husband gives respect to the wife. And so that's what the Bible's talking about in terms of marriage. It's also built on respect. Look at Romans 12, 10 with me right now. Read in loud voice, 1, 2, 3. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. And see, what does honor mean in the Bible? I don't know if you know this, but in the Bible, honor and respect are interchangeable. Is that very often some passages will say honor, some some passages will say respect, some translations will say honor, some translations will say respect. It's because honor and respect are in many ways, in many contexts, interchangeable. And so when it says, respect your father and mother, another way of saying is honor your father and mother. And here's the same thing, where here in Romans 12, 10, Paul tells his church, he says, hey, I want you guys to honor one another above yourselves. Another way of saying is, hey, respect one another show respect to each other. Topi says I respect you. I respect you. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Read this one in loud voice. What does it say? It says, but in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. What's Peter talking about? He's saying, hey, if you're a Christian in this place, if you follow Jesus and you are trying to reach people and you're trying to talk to people who don't know about Jesus, uh, who maybe don't go to church and you're telling them about what you believe and what you're experience with God is like, you want to do that, always ready to share about why you believe what you believe. Give a reason for your hope. And when you do that, do it with gentleness and respect. Everyone say respect. respect. Amen. We want to be respectful in the way that we talk about our faith. If you believe that, say amen. First Peter chapter 2, 17, why don't you read this one? One, two, three, it says, treat everyone with respect and love your Christian brothers and sisters, fear God and respect the king. See, this one basically captures it all, is that everyone, everyone say everyone, no matter what, they, what background they come from, no matter who they are, we're to treat everyone with respect. And see, the question is, why? why are we to t- treat people with respect? Well, before I give you two reasons on why respect is so important, let me give you a definition for respect. See, in, in these verses, we see that we treat each other, we ought to treat each other with a basic level of respect. In some cases, in a special type of relationship, whether it's your parents or it's with your pastors or it's maybe your boss, if you're an employee working in a company or other leaders, we treat them with extra special respect because of the role they have in our lives, the difference that they make. But what exactly is respect? Don't you write this definition down right what is respect well in the context of relationships respect means to treat the other person as having independent value and worth it's treating the other person as having independent value and worth what does that mean it means it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything they say. It doesn't mean that you have to approve of everything they do. It doesn't mean you have to even like them all the time. You might completely disagree with a lot of what they say. You might not approve of a lot of what they do. You might not, you know, you know like, like them that much most of the time. But to respect them means there I see value in you that there is worth in you, that even if I don't agree with everything you do, even if I don't like you all the time, even if I don't you know, you know approve everything that you do, I love you and I respect you because you are someone who has worth in God's eyes. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And this applies to strangers, people you meet for the first time, it applies to people you know very well, who you've known all your life, is that we're to treat them with respect. Now the question is why? Why treat them with respect? Why is respect so important? Let me give you two reasons this morning. Number one is this. Write this down. You can't have a happy, healthy, lasting relationship with anyone without respect. Respect is absolutely essential if you want to have a lasting and healthy relationship with anyone. You know, there's a, a New York Times bestselling author called Mark Manson. And Mark Manson, he was engaged to be married, and he decided to do a little test. You know what he decided to do? Is a couple weeks before his wedding, he decided that he was going to email all the people within his network. And literally, it was about hundreds of thousands of people who he, he, he will have a connection with through his, his authoring, his books. And so he sent one email to maybe like, like literally hundreds of thousands of people. And he got back about 1,500 responses. And you know what? He was amazed when he got the answers to a question that he asked. You know what question he asked? He said, hey, guys, if you've been married for 10 years or more, I want to hear from you. What makes your marriage work? Why is your marriage happy and healthy today? And then he said the flip side too, hey, and if you have been divorced— I want to hear from you too. What caused the relationship to fall apart? And he got 1,500 different responses, all to the same question. And what amazed Mark Manson as he was reading these answers from people of all walks of life, different ages, different backgrounds, different countries, they all were saying something that was very repetitive. Is that they were saying the same answers over and over. He said that it all boiled down to something called respect. Everyone say respect. And it's so true. When I look at, you know, the the, the relationships in my life that I would consider to be the healthiest or the longest lasting, the happiest, the, 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 the best relationships in my life, there's no doubt that it's the relationships where the two people respect one another and show that respect in appropriate ways. That's a huge part of making a relationship happy, healthy, and lasting. If you believe that, say amen. You know, my wife and I, for example, Charlene and I, you know, we have been together now for 17 years, all right? We've married for 14. We were dating for uh, a few years before that. And so all together, about 17 years, we've been together. And uh, how many of us know that we don't have a perfect relationship? You know, we still, you know, argue. We still get into spats. We still have miscommunication sometimes. But I can say this, is that the reason why uh, I can say I'm still married to the the, the, the most outstanding person I know and the, most, and the best friend that I have is because there is a great deal of respect between the two of us, amen? Is that, you know, Charlene, she's the most loving person I know. She's the most outstanding person I know. And I respect her not just for what she does for me. I respect her for who she is. And uh, even if I wasn't in the picture and we weren't married, I would still respect her. But she made a great decision by marrying me, amen? And and, and see, here's the thing. She's wise. She's hardworking. She's beautiful inside and out. But here's the thing is, you know, uh, know, when, when we first got married, we had to learn new ways of respecting each other is that when we started living together and in the same house now and, and starting to, to, to know each other in new ways, it was something where we had to learn new ways of respecting one another. How many of us know that learning to respect the people that you love is a lifelong process? Amen? It's not just something that you figure out in day one or year one and you got it all figured out for the rest of your life. It's a lifelong pr- process of learning to love and respect the people in your life. And, you know, I'm really blessed that, you know, Charlene, she respects me back as well. You can tell that by the way she talks about me. You can tell that by the way she talks to me, how she caters her, her, her life to, to meet my preferences and needs. You know, how she respects decisions that I make even when, you know, she doesn't necessarily agree with all of them. And, and it's one of the huge reasons why we are happily married to this day is that a huge part of a relationship is being committed to learning to respect one another and to show it if you believe that say amen and you know, we're still learning. You know We're still learning how to respect each other's feelings in different situations. Still learning to respect each other's preferences in different situations. You know uh, like we're Still learning to respect each other's time and space. Sometimes we just need time apart to do our own thing in different situations. Sometimes we have different opinions on stuff. learn learning to respect each other that way. Sometimes it's about learning to stand up for one another. When there's a third person who seems to be disrespecting uh, one of us and we'll, we'll try to stand up and, and for that person. It's all stuff that we are learning. But it's a necessary thing because a happy, healthy, lasting relationship is always built on respect. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you felt disrespected? When was the last time you felt like, oh, that did not feel good at all? And, you know, maybe it was something that someone said to you that was a little belittling. Maybe it was the tone that they said it with. Maybe they cut you off in the middle of what you were doing. You felt like, man, you don't respect me at all. Maybe it was something where you made, uh, or that person made a decision that you thought you should have been on, and you didn't know about it, and they made the decision anyways, and you felt like, wait, hey, like, aren't you going to talk to me about that? Have, have you ever been disrespected? Of course all of us have felt that. And how many of us know that nothing changes a relationship like when someone disrespects another? or when you feel disrespected. It's almost like the atmosphere in the relationship changes. The feelings change. It's almost like you want to get apart and away from that person because you don't feel safe with that person that much as before. And see, here's the thing. The Bible says we need to treat each other with respect because you can't have a healthy relationship without it. But now you might be here in this place and going, but JB, you don't understand my situation. You see, you know, I do my best to respect that person, but that person is not worthy of my respect. That person, you know, you, you, don't, you don't know the stuff that comes out of that person's mouth. You don't know the, the stuff that this person does. I don't want to, I don't respect this person. Why should I respect this person? I don't, why should I show respect to this person? Let me tell you this. One reason why we need to show respect is for healthy relationships. But there's another reason as well. It's that we need to treat others with respect because God treats us with respect. We need to treat others with respect. Even people that we might not have a great opinion about, we need to treat them with respect because God treats us with respect. Look at Psalm 8, 4, and 5 together right now. 1, 2, 3, it says, What are people that you should think about them, mere mortals that you should care for them, Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. See, what is David talking about as he writes a psalm? He's talking about how God, as big and as perfect as he is, he still somehow has a heart for people to the point of crowning them with glory and honor. And honor and remember this is that we talked about how honor and respect those two words are interchangeable in many ways in the Bible and so when it says that you crown them with glory and honor another way of saying it is that God treats you with respect believe it or not God respects you his love for you is built on respect and let me give you two examples of how that is the case number one is this you can write this down God treats you with respect by making you in his image the fact that you are made in the image of God is, uh, is evidence that God respects you. How do I mean? Let's look at Genesis 1.27 together right now. Genesis 1.27. Read in a loud voice with me. One, two, three. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. See, what is it saying? It's saying God created people in his own image. Tell the person, to say, you are made in God's image. Tell that person that. You are made in God's image. Now, you might have heard that before. Maybe you're new to church, and you're like, well, yeah, I've heard that before. What does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. Three things real quick. Three things. Number one, you were made in God's image means that God has given you a spirit by which to relate to him. See, it doesn't mean that you are God. Okay? You are not God. All right? Tell a you. You are not God. All right? Just in case they had any confusion on that point. You are not God. We are not God. But we've been given this spirit by which we can relate to God. And and the Bible says that, you know, in our hearts, God has planted eternity. In other words, in your heart, there is like a God-sized hole in your heart that only God can fill. And if you try to fill that hole with friends, with popularity, with power, with status, with money, with sex, with pleasure, with other things that you think are to make you happy, you will never be fully happy. And you will never be at peace because it is a God-sized hole that only God can fill. And until the day that you allow God to fill that hole through a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're always going to feel like something is missing. That's because you're made in the image of God. Amen. That's the first way that you were made in the image of God. There's a second way, which is that you were made in the image of God in that you were made to represent him on this earth. That in your schools, in your workplace, in your family, in your home, in your neighborhood, that where you go, you are influencing people with the, 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 the love that God has placed in your life. You are a representative of God. Topaz says We are his representatives, but there's a third way that you are made in the image of God. And this is the one that we're going to focus on today. The fact that you're made in the image of God tells you something else, which is that you are precious in God's sight, is that you matter to God, is that God loves you. See, here's the thing. You know, celebrities from time to time, they will allow their image to be associated with something that they think is worth something. A creation that they think is worth something. And so, let me give you a few examples. Uh, back uh, about 10, 15, 20 years ago, there was something called the George Foreman Grill. And you can still buy it at London Drugs, Canadian Tire, great for you know, you know, like roasting protein. I had one back in the day before uh, Charlene threw it out. Um, and uh, uh, you know, it, we had one. And uh, this is something that is very famous because George Foreman, partly, he used his name to promote this item. And it's a good item. It's a good product. Here's another one. Uh, we got who who got it next? Next we got okay, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. She's you know here in this case she is representing CoverGirl, and she is associating her image with this brand. Let's look at another one. George Clooney. George Clooney. Any George Clooney fans in this place? Yeah. Okay. Well, George Clooney, he is uh, you know representing Omega, Omega watches. All right, good looking guy, good looking watch. Good, matches matches really well. Ne- ne- next one here, we've got Beyonce. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, and and see, she is here promoting. Uh, uh, looks like a perfume from Emporio Armani. All right, what else is here? Uh, we've got uh, we've got Kevin Durant and he is uh, tired of representing uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. He decides, I'm going to go to the Golden State Warriors and represent that brand instead. I'm going to put my image on this brand. Here's another one. This guy, his name is Jay Chow, all right? Jay Chow, you might have heard of him. Jay Chow, he is using his image to promote... Pepsi okay this is a Pepsi commercial all right and finally we've got uh, Emma Stone any Emma Stone fans here all right La La Land and all those you know, Emma Stone she's representing Revlon it's a cosmetic company and see what's going on in all of these cases is that whenever a celebrity allows their image to be associated with a creation or product what is that celebrity saying that celebrity is saying this product is worthy of my image and see, you're gonna find this. You will never find a celebrity allowing their image to be associated with a product that they think is worthless or a product they think is useless or a product they think is really cheap that they don't want to be associated. You will not find that. For example, you will never find George Clooney toilet paper, all right? That's just not gonna happen, all right? You go to Costco, hey, any George Clooney toilet paper? Uh, no. You're not going to find that. You know, if, if you go uh, to say uh, Canadian Tire, you're not going to find a Taylor Swift toilet plunger, right? You're not going to find that. Like, Taylor Swift would not allow her name to be associated with a, a toilet plunger. Could you imagine that? Oh, well, they, you know, presenting the Taylor Swift toilet plunger, right? All right. All, all you have to do. It, never, never before has cleaning your toilet ever been so swift. You know, you, 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 t- you take, you take, you take, your toilet plunger, your Taylor Swift toilet plunger. Just put it into the toilet, and then you, know, and, and then take it out and shake it off. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. You know, and, and, and you know. What would, by the way, I'm I'm am I'm a Taylor Swift fan. She's awesome. Uh, but here's the thing, here's the thing. You would never see her associate her name with something that was deemed to be a lot lower than who she is. Another one, Emma Stone. Could you imagine if Emma Stone had a, a you know her own marijuana company? All right, selling pot. All right. Now it's kind of a bit of a controversial issue, but you know, it was uh, presenting Emma Stone marijuana. Time to get stoned. Right. <laughs> One whiff, and you're off to La La Land. Two whiffs, and you're hearing City of Lights, or City of Stars, right? City of Stars. And and see, see, this thing, you, and and by the way, I, I like Emma Stone, too. She's cool as well. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, is that you would never see a celebrity allowing their image to be associated with something that they think is below them, or think that they think is worthless, or useless, useless. And the fact is this, the fact that God would allow his image to be associated with you sitting in your chair right now, what does that tell you about what God thinks of you? It tells you that in God's eyes, you are not worthless. You are not someone who's useless in his sight. You are not someone who's below him. In his mind, you matter. You are precious. You are you have worth. You have value. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place, because that's how God sees you. Tell the princesses, you give him a high five and say, you matter to God. You matter to God. And, and see, here's the thing. The fact that God would allow your his image to be associated with you means that you are worth something in God's sight. If you believe that, say amen. There's a second way that God treats you with respect. Do you know how God treats you with respect? One is that he made you in his image. A second thing is this, is that that God sent Jesus Christ for you. God sent Jesus Christ for you when we were separated from God. When every single one of us in this place had sinned against God, rebelled against him, done things our way, not God's way, the Bible says we are separated from God. We have no way of reaching him no matter how hard we try. And because of that separation, we can't be with God, not now, not ever, not forever. We have, we're destined to just be apart from God for the rest of our lives and for eternity. But because God loved us, he said, I don't want to be apart from these people. I made them for a relationship with me. They are made in my image. I can't bear the thought of being apart from them. And so what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you and for me, to pay for our sins. All of our failure, all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of the ways you've made it messed up, he placed it on Jesus Christ at the cross, and he gave us Jesus' righteousness. He gave us Jesus' peace. He gave us Jesus' status as a child of God, as a son of God. He gave that to us so that we could enter the presence of God and have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, forgiven of our sins destined to be with him for eternity come on god give god a big big hand here in this place that's what he did for you and me come on give god a big shout in this place right now praise god that's what he did for you Tell that's what he did for you all of this were ways these were ways that god was showing you that he respects you and that he loves you and there's actually a third way is that you know god doesn't force himself upon you you know, he doesn't do a home invasion of your life. Instead, he waits at the door, the Bible says. The Bible says in Revelation that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And he waits for you to open the door. And that, that's why, you know, God will only work in your life for, with, with as much room as you give to him. And so if you don't give God any room, he respects that. He waits until the day you open the door. Of course, you're not going to be as happy. You're not going to be as peaceful. You're not going to have as much purpose. You're not going to, you know, be nearly as, as 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 content as God made it to be. But when you open the door, then He says, "Yeah, I'll come in." It's because God respects you. Tell us, God respects you. Let's all read Romans five eight together. One two. It says, "It says, but God demonstrated His own love for us in this: while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." You know after 10 years of pastoring, I've learned that sometimes the reason why a person does not act very respectfully toward others is often because they don't respect themselves. Is often because they themselves carry a burden of shame, a burden of guilt. Maybe they went through a really tough kind of background where they don't really see their worth very much. And if that is you in this place, I need to let you know is that if God treated you with respect by making you in his image, If God treated you with respect by sending Jesus Christ for you, then what that means is you never have to question your worth. You never have to think, I don't matter to anyone. You never have to think I'm useless or I'm worthless or I'm a failure or I don't mean anything or what's the purpose of my life because you were made in God's image and God sent Jesus for you to show you that you are of great worth in the sight of God. And no matter what people say, no matter how many mistakes you've made in the past, the fact is you are always and always will be precious to God. If you believe that, say amen. And that when God sees you, he sees someone who is of great worth in his sight. When we didn't deserve God's respect, God gave it to us anyway. He sent Jesus Christ for us. And since God treated us with such great respect, it's about us learning to treat others with a similar respect as well. Look at Ephesians 5, 21, together with me. What does it say? It says, out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. See, what is it saying? It's saying that as your response to the way God loves you, as your response to the way that God respects you, respect other people. Treat them with respect. Not always because they deserve it, but simply because just like you, an imperfect being, are loved by God, that imperfect being is also loved by God. That person has independent worth and value. And so I'm going to see that person that way. I'm going to treat that person that way. If you believe that, say amen. It's about learning to see others the way that God sees them. And so praise God. You know, when you go to the restaurant after uh, service today and you go and have lunch with your family, you know, having us know that how you treat the server who comes to serve you a meal, that's going to depend on how you see that person. And if you see only a person who's all, oh, you're just here to give me my lunch. You're here to give me water. You're here to just to serve me. And if you're, you know, if, if you're good, they'll give you a tip. That, that, that's all you do then you're not going to treat that person very well. You're not really going to look them in the eye. You're not going to treat them that respectfully. But if you're sitting down at the table and all of a sudden you realize, you know, this person is loved by God. This person is precious in God's sight. Jesus came for this person as much as he came for me. Then what's going to happen? It's going to change the way you treat that person. It's going to change the way you respect that person. It's going to change the way you talk to that person. You might even have more eye contact with that person. You might say thank you a little bit louder. You might say please a little bit more. You might respect that person a little bit more because what happens is when you have received the love of God and you realize how much he respects you, then you're able to respect others. If you believe that, say amen. 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 You know, what I find is this, you can write this down, is that showing respect to others requires that you try. Showing respect to others doesn't happen automatically. People who think that they've got this respect thing down often don't have this respect thing down nearly the way that they think. Is that you need to try, you need to go out of your way to be respectful. <clears throat> Let me put this another way. Is that you can't show respect to someone without trying? But you can easily disrespect someone without trying. Amen. Amen. Is that you don't it doesn't take any effort at all to disrespect someone? You can, in fact, disrespect people without even trying to. But if you want to respect someone, show respect to someone, it takes real effort. It takes you going out of your way to intentionally go, I want to show this person respect. And so my question for you is this. How respectful are you? When when you look at the people around you, the people in your home, the people you work with, the people that you call your closest friends, people at church, people outside of church, how respectful are you to those people? If I were to ask your mom or your dad, your husband, your wife, your best friend, the person who knows you best, and ask them, how how respectful is this person? What would they say? See, here's the thing. If you're not going out of your way to show respect to the people in your life, there's a very good chance, because we all have blind spots, there's a very good chance that you are actually disrespecting certain people in certain areas of your life. Because showing respect requires that you try. Tell the person, it requires that you try. And so just in case you're not sure, or just in case you think you've got this respect thing down, but you want to check, can I give you seven ways that you and I can treat others with more respect? And you can use this as a checklist. Is that Am I doing these things? And some of these things might sound so basic and so simple and even superficial, but you're going to find this, is when you love people in little ways, it makes a big difference. If you believe that, say Amen. And whether it's in your marriage or with your kids, your parents, your family members, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, when you love people in these seven little ways, it will change the respect in the relationship. There will be a respect revolution in your relationship. Or maybe not, because you do them already. But let's see. Let's see Let's see how many of these you do. Seven ways to treat others with respect. Why don't you write them down? Number one is this. Be respectful in how you greet other people. Be respectful in how you greet other people. Hamas know that respecting others begins with how you greet them. It begins with that first moment when you see them and what you say to them or what you do for them at that very initial moment. That is the beginning of respect. So let me ask you this: When you wake up in the morning and you see that person that you always see, what do you say to them to greet them? Or like, oh, good morning, mom, or good morning, honey, good morning, baby. Do you say that, or you're like, oh, you again? Oh, man. I was hoping to see someone different. Oh, man. How do you greet the people in your life? When you go to work, when you go to your office, do you wait for your boss to greet you, or do you greet your boss first? Do you greet your coworkers first, or they greet you first? You look at 3 John 1 14 with me. Read in a loud voice. What does it say? It says, the friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there By by name. See, today we want to talk a little bit about how to greet people properly. See, at Bradley school, my son, Bradley, he's five years old, and at his school, they do something very interesting, is that before they let the child enter the class, they will have them line up, and one by one, they need to greet the teacher, and they'll go up to the teacher, and they'll be like, good morning, Miss Tina, good morning, Bradley, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you for asking, and then they go in. Right? That's, that's them. It's very good. It's teaching them etiquette. It's teaching them how to show respect. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm amazed at some of the interactions that I have with people, both outside the church and also inside the church. It's, it's to the, to the point where sometimes it amazes me that some of these things happen. Let me give you an example. Can you give me an example, okay. An example here? Okay. For example, this happens almost every week. Uh, And and this is about, you know, if you're a first-time guest here, uh, you know, this doesn't apply to you. We're talking about people on our serving team, people who've been here for a while. I'll know them. I'll go, hey, hey, uh, hey, Bob, how's it going? Good morning, man. How are you? Good. And and there's, there's, okay, there's nothing. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Okay, have you had breakfast yet? Yeah. Okay, well, it's good to see you, man. Thanks, thanks a lot for serving today. I'll, I'll see you later. All right, good, good. See, see, see. It's, it's almost like there's a party that's like, man, like, what happened there? It's like, okay, you, 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 you've been asked how you're doing. You've been greeted, good morning. I've said your name, and you give me one word answers. And to me, it's like, hmm. Do we need to do an exercise at the front door of Thrive Church where we have people line up and go, good morning, how are you? I'm good, Pastor JB. How are you? Sometimes I feel like we need that because I'll say it happens every week. Oh, good morning. Oh, it's good to see you. Hi. And, and you know, if, if, if it's because of me, then you can feel free to talk to me. If there's an issue with me, you can talk to me about it. But if, if this is the thing. Very often, I don't think it is, it's just simply that people are just kind of used to just kind of being in their own space and, and they're not really thinking about, you know, like greeting the other person or maybe they didn't learn it in home or at school. And so, and so they end up just being, they come across not intentionally maybe, but they come across as being a little bit disrespectful. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, for example, sometimes I'll, I'll tell people, okay, if you have a leader in your midst, say it's your pastor, or it's your small group leader, or it's your parent, or it's your boss, or it's your teacher, you want to greet them first before they greet you. Greet you. Amen. Amen. It's just basic etiquette, basic respect. And so sometimes I'll do this. this. This is a little way to test my serving team, our serving team here. Is I'll, I'll walk in to the church. I'll walk in the sanctuary, and I'll see someone. They'll see me. And I, I, I'll have to hold back my, in, my, my, my inclination to go, hey, good morning, and say their name. I, I just kind of wait and just see, okay, what are they going to do? And, and, and very often I'll, I'll look at them. They look at me, and they just keep on going. And then I'll be like and then I'll be like, "Oh, okay. All right, EQ needs a little bit of work. I'll, I'll think about that." A bit. And I'll go, "Hey, how's it going, man? How are you?" "Oh, I'm good. Thank you." And that's it, right? And and, and it's like, "Okay. All right. We need to work on this a little bit more here. And uh, how many of us believe that greeting your leaders is important? Amen." Amen. Amen? And so next week we have Pastor Anna, who is, uh, you know, one of the people who is so instrumental in allowing Thrive Church to be it what it is today. Pastor Anna is part of our parent church in Taiwan, and uh, Pastor Charlene is actually mentored by Pastor Anna for many, many years. And she's going to be here just for one week. She's going to be at our midweek prayer meeting. And you know, my hope is this: is that on that Wednesday night when we're meeting together for prayer, is that Pastor Anna would not have to be the one to go up to other people and go, "Hi, what's your name? Oh, my name is Anna." Nice to meet you, but that we as a church would go out of our way to greet our leaders. Amen. Amen. It's because when you love people in those little ways, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Amen. But you might be like, well, well, JB, you know what? Your, your job is to care for us. You're the pastor. And so, you know, we, 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 you care for us. Let me tell you this. That's not my job. All right. My job is not simply to care for you. My job is to build you up and train you to be a Christ-like disciple. My job is to help you become everything that God made you to be. And can I tell you this? It is not Christ-like for you to go through interactions and conversations all just talking about yourself. It is not Christ-like for you to do conversations where it's just a very self-consumed, one-way approach where it's all about you. And so I'm going to tell you, as your pastor today, it's time for a respect revolution. If you believe that, say amen. It means that when, when you see your leader, you greet that leader and you go up to them and say good morning. And when they say good morning and they say your name, you say their name. Oh, good morning. Good, good, good morning, Bradley. Good morning, Pastor JB. I mean, Dad. You know, good morning. And, 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 and they'll be and like, good morning. How, how are you? I'm very, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. And what happens? When there's respect there, there is a sweet relationship there. Amen? Rather than one person going like, oh, that did not feel good at all. Oh, that all. EQ needs work. Oh. See, we want to have sweet, strong relationships. And it begins with the way we greet one another. Tell a person to I want to greet you well. Is this helpful in this place? Is this making sense in this place? Being just very practical, very direct with you guys today. Praise God. So simple, but amazing how people can get that off often. Number two, be respectful in how you listen. Be, be respectful to, in how you listen to other people. See, sometimes Charlene and I, we will catch ourselves trying to have a conversation with one another while also you know, doing something with our phones. And, and you know, how many of us have ever had a conversation like that? It's kind of frustrating. It's because you ask a question, and it's not maybe until a minute later that you get a response. And, and here's the thing. What we had to learn to do when it comes to conversing one with one another is put the phone down, okay? Put the phone down and face one another. And look each other in the eye. And look at each other while we're talking to another, not kind of one person looking at the screen, through the side of their eyes, kind of looking at each other. But actually look at one another, acknowledge what the person's saying, nod, right? Verbal cues, like, mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm, I understand, yeah, I got that, okay, so you mean, okay, pick up Bradley at 5 p.m., okay, I got that, awesome. And see, what is that? That is learning to be respectful in the way that we listen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. It's saying don't, it's about, it's about being respectful, like don't interrupt, when that person's talking, you know, you, you, don't, you don't just cut them off and you start talking, but you wait for them to finish and you don't interrupt. Also, don't yawn when that person's talking, all right? Whether it's privately or even here in church. Amen. Praise God. You don't need to, you, you, you don't need to yawn because God's word is exciting in this place. If you believe, say amen. amen. But, but like when, when someone's talking, you go, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Like a lion roaring. See, see This is the thing. Is we want to show respect to the people that we are listening to. Because when you listen well, without even saying a single word, you are communicating a message to the person that you're listening to. You know what that message is? It's that you matter. It's that you're important to me. What you have to say to me matters. And so I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm going to make good eye contact with you. I'm going to nod and smile. I'm going to acknowledge what you're saying. I'm going to, I'm going to do those things to let you know that I hear you and that you matter to me. Tell the person, you matter to me. Amen. Amen. Well, of course, if you do the opposite and you don't listen well, you're sending the opposite message. Look at James 1:19 together. What does it say? Read it with me in a loud voice. One, two, three. It says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Get that. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Being respectful is about learning to listen well. Number three, choose your words carefully. Choose your words carefully. See, what I, t- what I tell some of the young adults that I serve with here at Thrive in this church is this is I want you to be careful with the words that you choose. So for example, when I send you a text or I send you an email, I want you to match the level of courtesy and respect that I show you, right? No reason why your pastor should be more polite to you than you are to the pastor, amen? Amen. And so I'll say, okay, if I, say, I send a, me- lesson, uh, a message to say Michael, for example, I'll say, hey, Michael, hey, good to see you, man. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, I, uh, you know, I look forward to meeting you at 5 p.m. today. Look forward to seeing you there. See you. Uh, th- what I expect as a response is something that matches the level of respect and courtesy that I have given to that person. So, for example, I don't expect a no reply. All right? That's not respectful. I don't expect a okay. That's not respectful. I don't, respect a, I don't expect a oh, got it. That's not respectful. I don't even say, oh, thanks. That's not respectful. I-, I want you to match the level of courtesy. And so I-, I write to you. You write back, hey, thanks so much, Pastor JB. Hope you're having a good day. Look forward to tonight. I'll see you later. Is that, is that respectful? That's respectful. See, that's matching the level of courtesy that you have received by showing respect the other way. And so look at Proverbs sixteen twenty four with me. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. PowerPoint, do we got that? Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Read it with me in a loud voice. One, two, three, it says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. I remember there's there's once <laughs> Uh, once I remember, Pastor Charlene. She sent uh, Pastor. So she's so loving. She's amazing. Um, she she sent a, a message to a, a bunch of girls. This is like many many years ago. Many many years ago. And uh, and then she sent us a message to a bunch of girls. And then I remember one of like she's like same same kind of very nice. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. God is with you. God loves you. Uh, I'll see you guys tonight uh, at uh, our our Saturday night service because we had Saturday night service back then. And so and some people were very respectful. Oh, thanks so much, Charlene. I'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Pastor Char. See you tonight. But there's there's one or two people uh, there's one girl in particular do you know what she wrote she wrote n send and meaning no i'm not going n send i was like oh my goodness oh my goodness if i had a sword um you know it was one of those things where it's just like man man wow wow Praise God. I do have a sword. It's the word of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Look at Ephesians 4, 29 together. 1, 2, 3. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many of you guys know that when it comes to relationships, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it? In marriage, in dating relationships, in friendships, it's not just what you say. Even more, it's how you say it. And so when you are in a disagreement with someone, choose your words carefully. You know, in the past, you know, Charlene and I, we would be amazed and we'd laugh back at how so often the stuff we're arguing about was not so much about what we were saying or the issue, but it was more just our tone. It was how we were saying it to one another. And all of a sudden, that argument takes a, a new kind of level. It goes another way. And it's like, oh, man, what are we doing? We're, we're, just, we're just arguing over how we said certain things. It just goes to show that when you are having uh, miscommunication or you're having a tension, you want to choose your words carefully. Amen. Hello. Amen. amen. So that means watching your tone, watching your choice of words. Don't use condescending language like, oh, you're so stupid. Or, oh, are you stupid? Oh, that's such a silly, stupid idea. Oh, are you dumb? You don't want to use abusive language that way. Respect goes out the window when you do that. Don't be sarcastic unless that person can really take it. You, know, it's, you want to be respectful in your choice of words. And hey, this is important. This is, this is really important as well. If you have an issue with someone, if you have an issue with someone, a problem with that person, guess what you should do? Talk to that person directly. Amen. That's the respectful thing to do. Don't go behind that person's back and go. You know what that person. Or you go even worse. You go online, and you go. My wife is the worst wife in the world. You don't. You can't believe what she did. Send or post, right? And like share. If you believe that too, share. You know, like. See, this, this is the thing, this, this is the thing. So, some people, they, they, really, they, they, they really don't, uh, you know, take a lot of thought and care about their words, and as a result, it just explodes the matter. It just exacerbates the issue. We need to learn to choose our words carefully. Trip Pastor, going say, choose your words carefully? Number four, is this helpful in this place? Number four, be respectful of other people's time. In other words, when you set up an appointment with someone, be there at the time that you said you would. Keep your word. Be there on time or be there early. But don't be late unless you let them know first and you apologize for it. If you say, I'll see you there at 2, but then you show up at 2.15, you don't say anything. You don't tell them in advance. You just show up late and that's all you do. Then what is that? That is called disrespectful. But if you are going to be late, you just you text them in advance, oh, I, said, I knew we were going to meet at 2, 2 p.m., I'm going to text them at 1.45 and say, hey, so sorry, we're running late, I'll see you at 2.10, uh, we'll, we'll be there, so sorry, thanks for waiting. See, what's that? Is that when you arrive on time, or when you apologize in advance for being late, what are you saying? You're saying, that person's time is important to me. I respect that person enough to give them advance notice. And see, when when you are punctual, you're saying, I don't take you for granted. I respect you. If you believe that, say amen. Philippians, uh, Philippians 2, verse 3. Do we have Philippians 2, verse 3? Let's read in a loud voice. 1, 2, 3. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. If you show up late without any explanation, what is that? That's you looking like you are better than everyone else. Oh yeah, I don't have to explain anything to you. I can come in whenever I want. Whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. and, and that, That's the effect. You might not mean that, but that's the effect that you give. How many of you guys know you have to try to respect people. You don't have to try if you don't want to respect people. Praise God. Here at Thrive, we have a little rule for our serving team. If you're serving here at Thrive, is that we want you to reply promptly. 24 hours is our rule. Everyone say 24 hours. And you don't just go, oh, got it, or N, or thanks, but you want to reply respectfully to your leader because when you do that, you're saying, you know what? I respect your time. I respect your effort. Don't waste people's time by not replying. Don't waste people's time where you, they, they send you a message and they're not sure if you got it. And so they have to send you another one. Oh, did you get it? And then you're like, oh, I'm not sure. And, and they, you still don't reply. So they have to call you. Well, hey, I just want do you receive my two emails? Don't, don't do that. You are wasting that person's time and disrespecting that person. It's about being respectful with other people's time. Talk to person, I want to respect your time. Amen. Number five. Number five. Be respectful of other people's feelings. I to know that showing respect to the people in your life is so much about just one thing. It's just being considerate. It's just being thoughtful about how that person feels or thoughtful about that person's situation. If you're in a group of people and you, a bunch of you are talking about this thing that everyone knows about except for one person, the thoughtful, respectful, loving thing to do is to include that person in the conversation. Like, talk about something that all of you guys can relate to so that that person isn't left out. You know, when, when Charlene and I, when we uh, would, you know, do stuff where, like, you know, she would want to go uh, to a class at night or I'd want to go to the gym or, or something, we would always make it a habit of checking in with one another to say hey uh tonight are you doing are, are, what are your plans are you okay if, like is it okay if i go to the gym tonight are you okay with that he's like yeah then and, and you know it, it's not something where i just go i don't care oh yeah like she'll she'll be fine i'll, I'll just do my own thing and I'll, I'll tell her later what i did no we want to be sensitive and respectful of other people's feelings amen. amen or like for example this is something else we do say say, say charlene and i are in the car uh pastor Char- why, why, don't you, why don't you get in the car with me okay um here so uh say, say charlene is driving all right charlene is driving okay Okay. What, what, okay, we'll just sit in the car. It's kind of a small car, okay? Kind of a small car, okay? Um, and uh, say, say Charlene is the driver, all right? Uh, what, what, where's you drive? Yeah, okay. okay. And uh, say I'm in the front seat, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of tired, you know, and I feel like looking at my phone, or maybe there's a, re- a call I want to return, or a message I need to reply to. You know what, we, what has become a habit for, for Charlene and me? Is that while she's driving, Okay? Look very tense while you're driving. Are you okay? Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So, so uh, she's driving. I'll, I'll, before I start looking at my phone and you know going off on that and looking at this, I'll I'll, I'll just do this for Char. I'll Say, hey Shar, do you mind if I just take a look at my phone for a bit and just uh, yeah, thanks so much for driving. I'm just gonna take a look at my phone for a bit and just maybe return a call. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah? okay. Right. And and, and it, just, just that little check. Can give give Pastor Charney a big hand. Can we do that right now? <clears throat> Making that little check makes the driver feel like okay, that person respects me. That person doesn't think that I'm just their Uber driver, all right, or that I'm just their chauffeur. Is that that person had the respect enough to say, to ask me, and to check in with my feelings? Everyone say respect. It's because the little ways that we show respect make a big difference. Look at Philippians two four together. What does it say? It's Philippians two four. Read it with me in loud, loud voice. One two three. It's not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Let me ask this question: How considerate are you of the people and their feelings around you? Do you check in with people before you make a decision? Do you, do you, do you take hey hey wife? Uh, don't call, don't call her wife. Call her honey or call her something else nice. But just say but say you know hey. Is it okay if I do this? Is it all right if I do that? And and and, and what, what is that? That's that's you checking in with that person and how they feel before you move ahead with something. That's just called respect. Everyone say respect. Yeah. Number six, acknowledge the other person's contributions. Praise God. How do you guys like this, this new stage that we have here at Thrive? Isn't that cool? Yeah, you guys like this new stage? I love this new stage. It's amazing. It's amazing. We used to have God Loves Vancouver right here, right? Now we have expand because we're all about expand our territory in this new year. This is some this is new, right? You guys see this? These, these octagons here and and you know I didn't know this until I asked earlier this week do you know what these are about? It's because you know, were going through the series called Sweeter than honey and they're the, like the, one of the mascots for the series is a bee. those octagons are representing a beehive. But then the decorator didn't want to just do, like, uh, you know, orange and yellow because it kind of clashes with the colors. And so she made it metallic and gold. It doesn't that, didn't that look good? Isn't that cool? And, and not only did she do that, but she, she not only did that, but she also didn't want to bore holes through the wall. So what she did is she, she put fish line. so there's fish line going up. I'm just telling you all the secrets of our church today. You know, and, 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 and what is that? And, and, and that, that is amazing. And I was telling her earlier this week, you did an amazing job. Can we give our decoration team a big, big hand for what they did here? Praise God. Read Romans 13, 7 with me. Romans 13, 7. What does it say? Romans 13, 7? Do we got that? Okay, read it with me. 1, 2, 3. It says, Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. See, we want to give respect where respect is due. We want to give credit where credit is due. We want to acknowledge the other person's contributions. And so that's what we do you know, in, our, in our own home. When Shar when and I, you'll find that every day, Shar and I, we are often acknowledging each other's contributions. Hey, uh, baby, thanks so much for washing the dishes today. Oh, hey, Jay, thanks so much for picking up Bradley today. Oh, Shar, uh, thanks a lot for making breakfast today. Oh, uh, Jay, thanks a lot for uh, taking out the garbage today. You know, it, it's, it's, just, it's just different ways that we just acknowledge each other's contribution as a way to show respect. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Last point, and we're going to close. Last point. Has this been helpful this morning? Yeah, very practical this morning about how to show respect. Last one, this one's very important as well. When you're wrong, be sure to apologize. When you're wrong, be sure to apologize. Don't just kind of think, oh, yeah, that person knows and I know, yeah, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But if you make a mistake, if I make a mistake, we need to go out of our way to say, hey, I'm sorry, my bad, shouldn't have happened, Um, it's on me, please forgive me. When you do that, you're respecting the other person. You're saying you matter to me enough that I would own up to a mistake that I made. When you do that, you're showing respect to the other person. See, today we've been talking a lot about respect. And maybe you're in this place and you are kind of on the flip side is that what if you have received a lot of disrespect? Well, we're going to be talking about that over the next number of weeks. Uh, we're going to be talking about different keys to happy, healthy, sweet strong relationships and so i hope you're going to join us not just today but for the weeks to come as we talk about sweeter than honey have you guys learned something here in this place this morning can we give god a big big hand here in this place this morning let's all stand to our feet and today we've been talking about respect the role that it plays in our relationships And uh, I'm going to invite you guys right now to respond to God as we uh, finish off our service. I want to invite you to to, uh, respond with singing, respond with prayer, respond with worship to our God who showed us respect even when we didn't quite deserve it. Let's respond to God by singing the song. And let's respond to God with a respectful, reverent, and thankful heart today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to lead you in a time where you can respond to God. If you believe that God's been speaking to you through this message this morning, is your opportunity to this experience a little bit more of his presence as we respond to Him right now. See, today we have been talking about respect, the role that respect plays in our relationships. And so let me ask you this question as you have your heads bowed and eyes closed. Is how well do you respect the people that are around you? How well do you respect the people in your home, the person you're married to? How well do you respect the people in your church, the people that you work with, the people you go to school with. How do you respect, how well do you respect your leaders? How well do you respect your friends? Today we've been learning that you can't have a happy, healthy, lasting relationship without respect. And if you are here in this place today, you realize that there needs to be a respect revolution in your life. If there's someone in your life that you haven't shown proper respect to, if there's an area in your life where you need to work harder and try harder to show respect so that your relationships can be healthier then I'm just going to, on the count of three, invite you to raise your hand to God. And we're going to pray with you and for you right here, right now. If that's you in this place, why don't you raise your hand on the count of one, two, three. Just raise your hands to this place. Praise God. Praise God. If you know that there needs to be a respect revolution in your life, a respect revolution in your relationships, then why don't you raise your hand to God right now and invite you just from your heart just to talk to God right now from your heart in your own words and you can say God I'm sorry for those times when I've been disrespectful God I'm sorry for ways that I haven't respected the people in my life can you just start talking to God right now thank Him for His love thank Him for His respectful love for you why don't you start talking to God in your own words right now you start talking to God right now start talking to God right now start talking to God right now your name. Come on, church. That's it. Keep on talking to God. Talk to God right now. Repent of sin. Confess sin. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his Holy Spirit to touch you and to fill your life again. Just talk to God right now here in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. If you want a respect revolution in your life, if you realize you need that in your relationships, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, Heavenly Father. I need you. I realize today the importance of respect. That there needs to be a respect revolution in the way I relate to people. To the people in my home to the people in my city, to the people in my church, to the people I see every day, that I need to have a respect revolution. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, to help me today, that I would go out of my way to show respect to my leaders, to my family members, to the people you place in my life because you respected me first. Respect and you gave your son, Jesus, for me. Help me to respect others. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. One more group of people we're gonna pray for. Just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, then I hope the one thing you've taken away from this message this morning is that God loves you, that you matter to him, that you are not a mistake, Or a mess, or an accident, but you are his masterpiece, made in his image, loved by him so much that long before you ever thought about reaching for God, God was reaching for you when he sent Jesus Christ for you. And if you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then you've got an opportunity today to make the most important and the best decision you ever could make which is to receive Christ into your life, to forgive you of your sins. And when that happens, the Bible says you are forgiven of sin and that you are a child of God and you are reconciled to him and you have a brand new relationship with him. If that's you and you've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus into your life, we want to do that with you right now. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never received Jesus into your life and you want to do that right now, why don't you pray this prayer with me and let's have everyone pray this prayer together in this place and say, "Dear dear Jesus, thank you for your amazing love, how you died on the cross to pay for my sins, how you rose to life so I could have life. So I receive you, I welcome you, I invite you into my life to be my savior, to be my king. Thank you that because of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. Because of, Jesus, because of Jesus, I have hope for tomorrow. Hope for tomorrow. Because of Jesus, Jesus. The, best the best is yet to come. I thank you. Thank you. In, Jesus I In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give God a big hand this place together.